This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us at ivypod.com. We are Ivy Pod on Facebook, Ivy Podcast on Twitter, and mail at ivypod is our email. Let's begin episode 44 of the Ivy Alternative Podcast. Hello, Clayton. Hi, John. What's going on? Not a whole lot. Yeah. We're back. We're the second episode of the spring, late winter season. Yeah, the reboot. That's right. Sorry, I'm struggling over here. I got like something's right before we started recording. I got like this weird tickle in my throat. So I'm like trying to con- not cough. <laughs> well, you have a cough button, John, don't you? I, I know. I should have a cough button. Well, yeah. I guess. But your mute button. You can use button. that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So yeah, we're here. It's episode forty four of the Ivy Podcast. We've got a fun show planned. We've got a guest coming on here uh shortly. My brother Bob's coming on, returning to the show, so that'll be cool. Yes. Um but uh yeah, we can talk about a few things. Yeah, we're doing some hardcore tech talk. That's right. I'm looking forward to it. I have a feeling I might have to sit back and just listen for a while. Okay. I hope you guys don't mind, but I I don't want to speak out of turn, but we are going to be on a topic, uh, the 3D printer topic, and um, you and Bob are both experts, I would say, as far as a um, passive expert, meaning you know a lot about it, considering you you don't own one. (laughs) Without ever actually using one, right? right? (laughs) That's weird. You're familiar with the technology and, and kind of how where it's coming from and all that so it'll be interesting how that yeah. works so but yeah it will be yes yes and yes. then we'll uh, we'll do that and then we'll um do our usual tweets of the week and all that good stuff and uh yeah that's about it well i guess uh yeah we should do we do have a, a sponsor for this week um, oh yeah let's do that let's uh we got commercial law offices um Right there in Utica slash LaSalle, we'll call it. He's going to sponsor the show this week. Uh, and what he can do for you is provide you with some legal help. He's, uh, he's going to aggressively fight for you and, and he's going to be patient and he's someone you can trust. We, we can vouch for him. We know him and he is a trustworthy guy. I actually read a story about him in the paper. He's going to be, um, not only is he going to have his own private practice, but he's also going to be working as a public defender. For LaSalle County, I think it's a felon. So that's not in our, our normal read, but it is a little bit of news on our, on our friend and sponsor, uh, attorney Doug. So, but let me get here. Let's see. It says, uh, I, I feel like I, I, I've already lost my touch in reading this, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my pitch was pretty good with the, uh, he was in the paper this week for, for working with the, the public defenders program, but he can cover you if, if you're, if you, if it's divorce, if it's a uh, criminal, anything criminal, he, his law office can help you with it. I mean, they also do a variety of, of other legal services. They are at the, I believe his office is in the Celebrations Building, right there on Route Six, Am in I, Utica. In Utica, and this phone number is eight one five six six seven seven one zero zero. If you cromarsiclaw.com. So hopefully you're never in a situation where you need an attorney, but if you do, he's the guy to call. 
Boom. Done. Boom. Thank you, Doug, for your support. Attorney Doug Kramarsik. Awesome. Well, all right. Well, good stuff. Well, you know, with that, um, let's not waste any time. We've got Bob waiting in our Skype queue. Let's go to a quick break and bring him on. We'll be right back. Sounds good. Okay, we're back, everybody. And as we mentioned before, this week we've got uh, some help we brought onto the show. He is actually our first guest ever. My brother Bob is joining us on the show. Hello, Bob. Hello, it's good to be here. I'm uh, uh, was anxious uh, to be on the show again, so um, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and and I have to put it out there first things first. I have to publicly apologize to you because the last time you were on the show was our very first show that we ever had a guest, and we didn't really know what we were doing, and I don't think it was till the last five minutes of the show that we actually mentioned that you, who you were, or anything. We, we didn't it, do a proper introduction. That's yeah, a, was, not really a shocker. Yeah, it was not. So he said, sorry about that. So I was like this weird guy in the background, sort of like, who is this guy? That kind of thing. So They yeah, introduced a new character without even giving any background info. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, no, no. It was, was it was one of your higher um, uh, listened to pod- podcasts by any chance? Or was it like through the roof? It had to be. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's still still most popular, so we're okay. expecting good things out of this one. All right. Okay. Yeah, so we brought you on. Of course, uh, the main topic we're going to be talking about is 3D printers. We hinted at earlier. But uh, before we get into that kind of stuff, had a couple other little Illinois Valley things, because actually the 3D printer thing isn't really an Illinois Valley thing, so we can add a couple other stuff to talk about here. And So I know, Bob, you, you and I are both fried chicken enthusiasts. Yes. Uh, so uh, I, I had to ask you, I'll put you on the spot, because uh, I know uh, you make regular routine trips back to the Illinois Valley uh, just for some fried chicken. So do you have a favorite? Uh, you know, uh, I have a, a number of favorites, and it's true. I do drive sometimes specifically to go out for chicken. Um, we'll drive the hour and a half back home. Uh, I do like to go to Rips. I think that's a staple back there. You guys like that place? I agree. Definitely. Oh yeah, I think it's the yes, it's All the, the gold standard. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an experience in, in itself, just going there and, and that uh, kind of legendary. What is your wife? Is she a fan as well? Because she's not from the Illinois Valley, is she? You know, she likes ribs, but she's not a big fried chicken uh, person. But she really does like that chicken, so it makes my life, you know, uh, that's good. A little bit easier, yeah. <laughs> she has good taste. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't mind the paper plates, and uh, which is which kind of one of part of the cool things of the whole thing is just the simplicity of the whole thing. So it's it's right. It's pretty. Fun. You guys uh, eat there or take out? I've a takeout when I've gone there. Okay. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever had takeout. I've just gone. You know, actually just gone in and sat down. Well, they said so you been a while. So you miss the experience of getting you know, getting the chicken there, and by the time you get it home, the bag is actually t- completely deteriorated. It's it's with grease. You know, you know what I'm about? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny, but it's well worth it. So wait, hang on, just one second, everybody. Hang on, just one second. 
Um, Jump back into the chicken, right. Bob. You should you right. should introduce the other places you like to go. I do. Uh, I also like the right spice. You guys been there? Not for oh me. yeah in, in Peru. Yeah, that's I that's. I've never had that, but really that's, right that's, spice. You never. Well, we just went there. Oh, we just never had their fried chicken. Right. Right. Okay. Right. I I go out, I always get fish. I don't know why I do that. It's just because I don't cook fish for myself at home, so I always just get it when we go out. On Saturday night, you get fish? Oh, well, yeah. Well, not always. It's not like it, but I, 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 I don't know. I guess I mix it up, but I've never, all the times I've gone to the right spice, I've never had the fried chicken, so. Oh. Hmm. Well, try it. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's, I would second both of those nominations there. Okay. I also like the Eagle Supper, Supper Club. That's pretty good. You guys been there? Yeah. All right. And I've had the fried chicken. It's good. Okay. Of course, Garzanelli's kind of a yes. staple there. You can't go wrong with that. You know, and I haven't been to Turgeon's in probably 10 years, and I'm not even sure if they still exist, but that's the place I used to go to more often when I lived, you know, back, you know, back home. Uh, is that, are they still around? Where was that? I'm not even sure. And they moved, so. they were in Delzell for a number of years, and they moved to, I think, um, uh, I think somewhere in LaSalle. Uh, oh, yes, that still exists. Okay. That's it. Yep. Think so. Huh. There must um, be a loyal follow. That's not the name though. Tersian. Is it Tersians? Wasn't there another name for that place? Um well I just always referred to it as Tersians because they owned it, but you're right, it might have had an actual yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Anyway. So how about did I miss anything that you you know, any- No, those are all great choices. The only other one that I would pick, which was I just got to go there just the other day, uh Hank's Supper Club in Ottawa. Uh that's like their chicken you wouldn't normally think of that place for their fried chicken, but it's a very light batter, so it's a little bit, a little different than many of the other Illinois Valley fried chicken establishments. But it's it's the lighter batter. It's just it tastes so good. Okay. The cheese shop has good fried chicken too. In Ottawa, speaking, you know, since we we ventured over this way, so. <laughs> Did you say the che- cheese shop? Is the cheese shop. It's kind of like a deli. Oh, okay. um, it, it's not kind of like a deli. It is a deli uh, that that does you know big. Big lunch menu, and they do a lot of catering. Okay. So, nice. Yeah, they did my wedding, and we had fried chicken at my wedding. So there you go. Very nice. And everybody seemed to really enjoy it. That's cool. Even my dad, who's a harsh critic, he'll tell oh, you. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so he was happy with it. He said it was good. So. Well, I, I, I've been taking an aspirin a day for the last probably eight years, you know, because of all the fried. I'm not willing to give up fried food. So I figure I'd take an aspirin. Apparently, that's good for your heart. So oh, I, right on. I'm just going to keep motoring on through. <laughs> See, a lot of people, though, a lot of people there, and I found this when I lived up in a, the suburbs and I came back and had fried chicken. Uh, if your stomach's not used to it, it can be, uh, it can be a painful experience. <laughs> Afterward. <laughs> yeah. It can, uh, clean you out to say the least, if that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that, well, uh, yeah, I'm glad I had to get that out of the way. Cause the, I know we we, and the funny thing is we name like 10 or 12 places. It's not like there's a shortage. No, yeah, we could go on and on. Right? And the thing, you know. So, yeah, sorry to any local establishments if we did not name you. Uh, sponsor our show and we'll, we'll talk all about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing uh, be, beyond our uh, main topic here, I, I had, this is something I had to talk about because it's been bothering me. So, you know, all the political signs are starting to come out, uh, like for the mayor of the towns and aldermen, you're starting to see signs out all over the place. And, okay, is it just me or is – I mean, do these guys understand that these days people are into social media? I mean, I see signs all around town, and it's just the person's name. 
And so then I actually go the next step and I, I, I type in their name on Google and Facebook and Twitter and I start looking to see if there's anything at all about these guys out there. I can't find anything. I mean, it just, it just bugs me. I mean, it seems like such, if you want to get, it just seems like a, uh, an automatic thing you should be doing if you're electing, trying to get elected for anything anymore. Well, if you want to win, I would think yeah. that would be number one thing to do. So, uh, I agree. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. How many, how many of the people that you think that vote in the local elections are big Twitter activists, you know, big on Twitter and that? Do you think, I know it's probably greater than it was four years ago or two years ago, but I think well, a lot of those folks, you know, a lot of them probably aren't that active on the internet. Well, uh, yeah, even maybe not Twitter, or not Twitter so much, but at least Facebook. I mean, especially yeah. around here in this area, everybody's on Facebook to a certain extent. Right, that's, that's true. And just to create a page for yourself for your campaign is about five minutes exactly. of time. It you is. Know? <laughs> it, it literally, so, it's. A, a, you would think, you know, if they're a serious candidate, would have some sort of. You know, campaign managers or somebody feeding them advice of what they should be doing. So it, it, I agree totally that in this day and age, they should be doing something. I just get frustrated because like even in my local, right, right where I live, you know, seeing signs for just my local alderman, you know, I want to know some piece of information about these guys, anything. And I can't find anything. I can't, I, I actively go out of my way to find information. I can't find anything. It's just frustrating. Well, so you should call so, them. I yeah, almost did. I almost, almost did send them like a try to reach out to them, and I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna. Then they're gonna try to rope me into helping them or something. Sure. <laughs> well, who is your, who is your guy? There's a few that are running. There's at least four guys who are running right around my area. But uh, I see. Yeah, it's uh. Well, it's just annoying. I had to throw it out there. It was, it was fucking me. Actually, yesterday I was at a St. Patrick's Day parade, and it was uh, uh, a, a, a kind of up here in the. Western suburbs. So it's, a, it's a big parade, and like all the politicians come from all the surrounding ta- towns, and they hand out their little flyers, and you know they got little floats in the parade. But there was one, and everybody was commenting on it. There was, you know, this guy was running for mayor, but it didn't say what town he was running for mayor for. Uh, so everybody was like, "Well, who is this guy? What what town is he from?" I mean, and so it was it was kind of an obvious. You know, you know, speaking of leaving things out, that's probably something you probably definitely yeah, want on your yeah, side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty comical, actually. Sure. Yeah. Well, it sounds like all those guys are doing better than the the, uh, the South Ottawa supervisor that was arrested for stealing fence posts or signposts for his opponents <laughs> in his upcoming election. So that was just. I, in, in, yeah, I didn't see that. What what exactly happened? He's just he just went out of his way and just pulled everybody's signs out. And well, them. here I don't know if it was it, what they what they actually busted him with was stealing the posts. Uh, I think probably for the bigger wooden signs where you get the big heavy uh, steel post that go you know that goes on the ground. Um, he sure. got busted for stealing those, uh, and that was it. But he his pictures he kind of has a funny mugshot, you know and. Um, you know, he, he did it. He must have done it during the day because he was spotted and someone actually wrote down his license plate and turned it in to the police <laughs> and the police ran the plate and busted him. Um, yeah, so it was, he, he's, uh, what's his name? It's, uh, Donald Leopold, and I could be saying it wrong, but L-E-I-P-O-L-D, but yeah, he, he definitely was arrested and brought into jail, uh, charged with a misdemeanor. Uh, That's for theft. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was good. 
So I, I think, and Bob, you said that there's been there was a, someone up by you that that happened to as well. So I don't think that's an uncommon thing. Yeah, yeah. In Cook County, one of the uh, the sitting commissioners running for re-election, you know, got busted for you know taking down his opponent's uh, uh, signs, and he ended up losing the guy that sold the signs. So it actually hurt his campaign. He, you know, otherwise he might have, you know. Probably would have had a better shot if he wasn't arrested for stealing. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what your guy, what happens to him. So it sounds like he's been he ran for uh, county LaSalle County board um, and lost in 2006. So he he's you know he's been a, in politics before. So who knows what's going to happen with him? But I think sometimes, especially when you get in these small uh, city elections where it is for aldermen and Ottawa's commissioners and whatnot. Sometimes it just because you, if you're the one who's been in that position, you you by default they just reelect the same people over and over again, I, and unless something happens that where they make you know they get a bad impression of you. So yeah. I was getting kind That's of a kick out of a uh, yesterday. You know, I, there was some family up you know to visit, and there was a lot of people. Um, from LaSalle, Peru actually came this way because a friend of mine lives here as well, so he had a party, and there's a lot of pretty good contingent from LaSalle, Peru, and they were talking about your local elections and how important some of the topics are down there. That in one of them that apparently somebody is running on is one of the exits, I guess, to Dairy Queen is very difficult to get out of. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I we, do. I don't agree with that. It's but people I, are stupid and can't follow signs. But yeah, oh. apparently, you're telling me that's a that's one of the uh, that guy apparently whomever uh, you know it starts with an H. I'm not sure if it was a Harn or Harp or Hart. Uh, there's two. Well, there's Harl, the mayor of. Uh, yeah, but then there's a Hart a guy yep. named by the name of Hart. Mike Hart. I bet, it, I, I bet it's him. Okay, that would make sense. One of those two. Yeah, they're running on. Um, you know, they'll he'll, they'll fix that problem. So, um, <laughs> fix <laughs> one intersection. Yeah. Oh boy. And I actually think I would go as far as to say they did fix it. It's fixed now. It's way better than it used to be. Can you- it is. It's fantastic. It, I don't. Ugh. You mean the, the new alignment that the the ones that uh, they're complaining. Right. Yeah, they did. They did. That was a really bad intersection, and they did, in fact, fix it. They made one direction where you can't make a left-hand turn, and, it, and in my opinion, it did, in fact, fix everything. It's so much smoother now, but yeah, some guys are – some people just don't like well, change, they have to go, I guess. They have to go around to get where they want to go if they want to come out at, like, Target, and they have to loop back around Target and go on North Peoria and then come back on – uh, whatever that road is that wall, the old Walmart where that used to be. It's, it, to me, it's, it's, it's really funny because it's anybody who's ever worked or been around the mall during Christmas season can vouch that that intersection was a giant pain in the ass and, and they actually did something about it. Traffic yeah, used yeah. to back up into 251. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, it for sure. Oh, we are, ta- I don't think we're mentioning it, but we are talking about the Peru mall area here. Yeah. Okay. For, for people. Not with the reference point of what we're talking <laughs> okay. about. Well, a big com- yeah, campaign issue. So. Well, yeah, I'm, that's good to know. <laughs> well, and and I guess every uh, uh, all the politicians are are claiming they're going to get you guys a pool in Peru now as well. So is that well good? All right, so that's, so that's I good. can get behind that. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, that seems like a good one. That's going to be expensive, yeah. eh? Uh, oh yeah, of course. I think what did they raise? Like ten thousand dollars already for that? Yeah, they're getting there. <laughs> yeah, I think it, what, they're, doing, they're doing bake sales. <laughs> well, get, I think it's like ten million at least, right, to put in a pool like that. So it's gotta uh, be. I, 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 you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking millions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at least a couple probably, just because it's all the um, accessibility and then the different equipment and 
I don't know. It's you're gonna have to build some sort of structure for you know changing rooms, locker rooms, and it's a lot more than people think it is apparently. Yeah. Well, I know they're gonna build. Um, apparently, LaSalle Peru High School or LP is they're building a, a sports facility uh, on mm-hmm. North Airport Road, which they're estimating at seven or eight million, and that's just fields and a locker room. So a pool has got to be, you know, uh, you know, at least in that at least ballpark. Right, I like, would think. It, depending on what size we're talking, it could be anywhere from, like you said, I'd, I'd say anywhere from three to ten. I don't yeah. know. Uh, and one of those, and and if they do it, you can't do it. You have to do it all the way right. And and ideally, you'll if if they do do it right, hopefully they can get people to come from outside the area. So actually, it's not a big suck on the budget. You know, where they're losing money operating this thing every year. Maybe you can draw some. You know, actually draw enough people into where they can actually recover some of the operating costs. So um. that would be nice. I mean, I know that I do that with uh, with kids. I've drawn. We've literally driven all the way to like uh, Bloomington just to use their public pool, right? Because their public pool is awesome. Yeah, St. Charles has a, a miniature water park. Uh, people, you know, they buy summer memberships to go. I mean, it's a couple hundred dollars a family. So there's ways to you know pay for these things. And, uh, you know, I, my numbers that I'm using, I'm just throwing out there. I was at a party right. yesterday and, you know, a lot of people, uh, St. Patrick's Day party, you know, they were drinking. So the numbers were probably embellished a little bit. Sure. <laughs> so. I, I think, well, there is the planning fallacy, right? So if you think that the bridge is going to cost $8 million to build, the city should plan on spending 16. Right. Exactly. It, and and it's, it's like a real thing. They say it's going to take three months, plan on six. You know, yep. maybe not exactly, but you get what I'm going with that. Right. You know, your initial estimate and then practically add 50% to doubling it and you're going to be somewhere in the ballpark with that. Yeah. Yep. So I think we're right up there. How much was it to go to the pool when you were a kid, Bob? Oh, I was, it was under a dollar when I was a That's kid. That's what I was going to say. I think it was 50 cents or 75 cents for us, John. Do you, do you remember? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was at least, it was no more than a buck, I don't think. It might even have been like, 65 or 35 i don't know. i just all i know it was ridiculously cheap right well like, uh, com- comically cheap yeah, well they, they the pool's gone completely now right they 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 demolished it mhm yep it's gone okay i had heard that they were losing like tens of thousands of gallons of water um daily uh, is it daily yeah it was yeah, in, thousands <laughs> daily or something like that it was crazy i think someone yeah. would have noticed that a long time ago but well the amount of money that they i mean just the, the amount of chlorine that they probably pumped down the drain you right. know because they have to sanitize the water and if you're having to add water every t- all the time then you're having to treat that water right so it holy cow yeah but concrete pools in in illinois don't don't jive no, no. With the freeze no. and thaw and all that. So, I mean, concrete roads or, you know, all that, those barely work. So pools don't. So it'll be interesting what they can come up with. So, Okay. All right. We're um, going to take a quick break. Okay. So we are uh, sorry. We had, to take a, uh, we had to take a quick urgent break. Uh, but we're back now. So, but that was a good time to take a break anyway, because we, uh, now we can talk about, uh, today's main topic, which isn't really directly an Illinois Valley topic, but, I mean, I, I guess it's sort of, because I can say from personal experience that companies around the area are starting to actually get 3D printers. So, but you talk about 3D printers, it's a buzzword, it's thrown out a lot on the web. I know we've tweeted some stuff about 3D printers. 
uh, it was in the uh, State of the Union. There was uh, the president even mentioned 3D printers. So um, yeah. So but a lot of people don't quite understand. I know talking to a lot of people, you you say 3D printing, and it's just like, well, what is that? So it seemed appropriate to talk about what it is today. So that's what this is all about. The, so, the technology itself, right, is not that new. If I'm not mistaken, John, wasn't didn't uh, when you were in school, didn't your uh, did, didn't you have access to a 3D printer, or at least the school did? Yes, my uh, there was one in my building, actually two of them. Okay. Um, I didn't really, uh, I only used it one time, but uh, and I don't know what, I don't remember what kind it was, but yeah, you're right, it is an old technology, and, and there's been inventions on this going back to the uh, mid to late 70s. But um, now it's just it's just blown up okay. just because the cost right. is so low now. Okay. But uh, but yeah, absolutely. Okay. Did well, I'm sorry, I kind of stepped in there. Did you were you about to explain how, what the technology is and how it works? Uh, I could. Okay. We we could do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to wheel. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, here's the here's the first thing, like. What is a 3D printer and what is different about a 3D printer from what we're accustomed to for making something? And I think the, the, the words that are thrown around, I know, researching this, you see a lot of stuff where they talk about additive versus like subtractive manufacturing. And, and what that is, is what we've been accustomed to over the last, what, hundreds of years is if you want to make something, you need to take a block of metal or plastic or whatever wood and uh and cut away material until you're left with something so take a sculpture you know you, you take a block of granite you chip away at it until you're left with this beautiful sculpture well that's the way it was done and using machines you know there's lots and lots of machining work where you know you take metal and you can like a lathe for example where you can make a baseball bat by cutting away uh on, on a spinning member well with 3d printing eh, that's all that's not that's not how it works anymore. This is an additive way to make something, which means it builds from the ground up whatever it is you want. And because it's like a ground up building, it, it makes creating stuff limitless, actually. Uh, and that's not really explaining how this thing works, but just to kind of give you a general idea of the main difference between it and what's traditional making stuff. And now, Bob, you've actually seen one of these things working, uh, right? Well, you went to that Z Corp. Uh, I, I did. Place. I went for a demonstration many years ago, and uh, it was back. You know, geez, how long ago? What do you think that was? Maybe five, six years ago. Yeah, about five years ago. Yeah, but back then, uh, it was um, it's just starting to gain some traction as a, a, a commercialized product, and the entry point. Yeah, we actually, we Bob and I actually were had a idea where we wanted to create our own business that was around wrapped around using 3d printers right we were ahead of the curve we were yeah. actually uh i've mentioned to john a couple times over the last several months how far you know we we apparently did see this coming but at the time you know to get involved in this type of business is was just extraordinarily expensive and I, and it has come down quite a bit i think the what we're talking back then it was fifty to seventy thousand dollars for a machine um and now you can get a company makerbot no what who makes makerbot john like make there's the company make i, I think uh who makes you know what i forget now you're, we're gonna have to search that because i 
I thought MakerBot was its own company, but it probably is owned by somebody. Okay. MakerBot, well, now there is this technology that was, you know, you know, tens and tens of thousands of dollars, or even, you know, even the hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can get a personal one for about $2,000. Um, I'm pretty sure it is called, uh, there's one of them is called the replicator. I think MakerBot makes the replicator, right? Yeah, that's right. right from what yeah, I'm that's correct. That. Yeah, so that's yep. something you can buy for a couple thousand dollars now. So, you know, it's limited in its usage, but it's still a 3D printer that you could have in your house and you could print, you know, little items that, you know, if you're an inventor or a tinker and you want to do something, you can, you can, you can do that. So. The way it works is it's kind of to understand how this thing works. They call it 3D printing because well, let's see. What's a good way to explain this? Picture your printer that you have for printing out pieces of paper. So, and you watch that thing, especially like the old kind of printers, like the old what the what do they call those with the spools? Dot matrix. The dot matrix okay. things, where you actually see the thing go across the paper and lay down like layers of ink and darken it and darken it and darken it. Well, picture that, but now instead. You've got a base, uh, just picture, you know, a piece of plastic base. You know, just it could be a, like almost the size of a piece of paper. So now that's your starting point. Now you've got this guide that's going to run across that piece of paper, and inside of that guide is tiny, tiny little uh, injectors. You know, like a uh, like a tiny little nozzle uh, that's squirting uh, heated up plastic. Uh, these plastics, it, it, the plastic comes on a spool, and then this thing heats it up, and it goes through and, and inject into this injector, which goes across the paper and just keeps going across over and over and over again. And every time it goes over that, it just puts a layer down. And it, it we're talking each layer is tiny, like 0. 0.00, you know, or 0. 0.01 uh, inch. I mean, we're talking really small. And every that's layer by layer. It'll go across and put a layer down. And then it'll raise up and go across and put another layer down. And it just keeps going. And it'll move up again. And it just keeps doing that over and over. And it just builds an object layer by layer until you've got a completed piece. And, and that's probably not a good way to put it. But that's really how it works. You can picture it just like your 2D dot matrix printer going back and forth over and over until it builds this thing up. That's exactly how it works. Long time, right? I mean, it can take a day or so or more to print something. It can. can. Yeah, if they're big enough, it, it can take a while. Yeah, for sure. Right. And it, but you can put a lot of stuff on one pallet. And you're only limited by the cube of space that this thing can actually print within. So you can actually stack multiple things and, and cram a bunch of stuff on your kind of work plate and print a lot of things all at once. So it's not like your one object's going to take you know hours. You might be printing out actually more like you know, ten small objects oh, okay. in a few hours. You, you you can bulk it up, but and it can actually think print assemblies, things that are, are are parts that work together that are already sort of put together. Is that how I you describe it, John? Or mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Print? Yeah, I saw the way the way that works is it prints out two things. It'll print out the parts individually together, and then it'll print out like the support structure. That holds it all together during the printing process. So picture maybe uh, some gears uh, for just a gear assembly where there's, say, two wheels, and when one moves, it spins the gears and makes the other wheel move. Something simple like that, like in a, a watch. So it'll print those pieces out together, 
with the support structure that when it comes out of the printer, you take it and you dip it in a solution, that support stuff goes away, dissolves away, and you're left with a physical assembly that will spin and the gears will move. And it's a working assembly. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, on that, the, you said gears. I thought uh, Jay Leno has one of these things for working with his steam cars. Not not so much for moving parts, but he can replicate parts that nece- aren't made anymore. And oh, that's work cool. On, on these old cars. That's very know. cool. Right. I know I've heard that. I'm wondering which one he has because I know there are 3D printers out there that will do type different types of metal. They're not really the type of printer that's becoming... <clears throat> Uh, popular now with these 3D printers he, like the MakerBot type stuff, but sure. there are printers out there that do that with, with actual metals. Well, he might actually even make the prototype and then take it to a machine shop, or his machine shop guys can, you know what I mean, where he'll get it and then have the plastic. Uh, he'll he probably well in some cases he might make a plastic replica of and it, then, and then he'll take that and use it to make a, a cast. Right. And then they'll actually cast a metal part. Right. I think, and I think that's more or less what it is because he doesn't have an original piece. You know, whatever his original piece is might be worn or something. And, and then he'll print the 3D version that would be without any wear and tear on it. So he could make a perfect original for, oh, for sure. You know, right. Must save him some kind of money. And Clayton, you it's mentioned awesome. prototyping, and I think that's you know probably its one number one purpose is to, to prototype items before they ever go to you know you know extensive manufacturing. I would think. Right. So. Yeah, I know. For me, it's exciting because when you think about design and stuff, because I day in and day out, that's kind of what I have to do is design you know different stuff. And when you when you're thinking about how something's going to work or maybe something you want to make, you. you like personally, I know I'm often limited to think about, well, what can I make on a lathe? You know, what 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 can I come up with that we can make with a drill press? You know, using conventional tools. Whereas, when you with these things, you don't have to be constrained. You can just right. come up with anything you want, and this thing's going to be able to print it out. Right. They make relatively cheaper ones of these 3D printers, and I know a guy who actually makes his own electronic cigarettes. You know, and those are kind of a popular thing now, um, yeah. where, where you have a case where you're going to put your battery and then you have the part, you know, where, where you put your juice or however that all works. But he wanted to get one so he could manufacture his own, um, cases and actually try to shrink it down to where he has, he can fit all the components that he likes to use in perfectly in his own design without being, you know, limited to what is already available in that sort of niche market, because that is something that's becoming more popular. But um, he seemed pretty that's excited cool. about the prospects that just for something that kind of simple, where you just need yeah. a little box. with. That's good for him, and especially with something like that that's so new. Mm-hmm. He should, seriously, he could get, uh, he probably could make some money, because it is such a new thing, and there isn't much out there for that yet. Mm-hmm. He might be on the forefront of something there. <laughs> Well, I have right. a, a kind of a random story that involves a couple guys trying to make money off of this technology. I was, uh, I promised you guys I had a kind of a coincidence story that I knew I was going to be talking about, uh, this tonight, but I was at the, the mall today and we were just doing our regular shopping and, uh, you know, Bree ran into it. Bree's my wife, by the way, and she ran into a department store and the first part of the story has nothing to do with 3D printers, but I took a, <laughs> I was, they had a, the Easter Bunny there, of course, so uh, we're headed down that way to see them. And the Easter Bunny was bored and was literally sleeping on the job. He was sitting there with his arms <laughs> up and his head kept falling back because he was, you know, he, he was, it was obvious he was sleeping in his costume. So I, I snapped a shot of that and it, it was pretty funny, but, um, 
that that's the completely <laughs> random part but that's <laughs> awesome. but you know while we were there uh, i saw this store uh that was in the mall and it was it was called 3d figure works and what they did is they had uh actually these the machine that john mentioned a little while ago from z corp in their store and they had a whole bunch of cameras you know in in a circle and what their business idea was uh they they shoot you with the cameras and i'm sure there's other technology involved as well and then they make 3d images with this 3d 3d printer of you or your pet or your child or whatever you want and they can make uh little statues or you know any kind of little item and i thought that was just completely random that I saw that at the store today, you know, like I said, knowing that I'm going to be on the, your show tonight. So I did, I kind of looked them up on, on online. I, I assumed because it was in a mall that it would be a chain. You know, this must be something that's spreading across the country or something that I wasn't aware of. And it was just two local guys that started this. They bought a machine and, and that's kind of the business model that they're approaching. So Wow, yeah. that's awesome. I like that, that if, if you look on their website, which is 3dfigureworks.com, um, you can you can they'll print out like a uh, a picture of your pet and it can become that pet's urn. Ooh, which is cre- super creepy. <laughs> it's <just> super creepy. <laughs> but the, but other I mean but that's just one thing that they do. But all the way around, it's a uh, conceptually it's a really brilliant. I think I don't know if as a business if they're going to be able that you using a mall. That's a great so place I'm for not looking at the it, website. It, Do they it, give any costs whatsoever or, or prices what they're charging anywhere? I, you, Did you happen to notice that, Bob, when you were there? I didn't ask about pricing. I didn't. Um, actually, I just didn't have the time. I was uh, not there long enough to, to get that kind of information. That's the one thing I wonder. That I would think that's the biggest challenge for them is being able to charge and make it cheap enough that people will actually do it, but actually make money and you know support themselves at the process. That's a that's a tough thing. Yeah. I got to think their margins are pretty tight because you really, unless they're really charging a lot of money for these things, and that you know that is a good question, and I should have uh, sure. Oh yeah, we'll, well they do like three D portraits, like shadow boxes of just like your head in a, in a box. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is cool. wow. You know, it looks know. pretty realistic. You know, the 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 images of the, the people. It's kind of it is almost kind of creepy, really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So. Well, one thing we forgot to mention before, you know, we talked about how these 3D printers work kind of like they, they just build something up layer by layer. Uh, but before you even do that, you actually have to have a 3D model, uh, a computer model, computer generated model made with like some kind of a CAD program, like maybe AutoCAD or I mean, uh, like Autodesk Inventor or there's SolidWorks or there's even free programs out there like uh, Google SketchUp. Uh, there's there's more and more modeling programs out there, but before you can actually produce some object, you do have to make it a, a 3D model of it on a computer. Then you load that into the printer, and then it prints it out. So forgot that part. Hmm. Now, but those guys, they must be using those cameras they're they're using. They must also have some kind of 3D scanner too. Right. They probably scan you, and then they put an image on it. But that's 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 pretty awesome. That's amazing. I didn't know anybody's doing anything like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it was. I just can't get over how much of a coincidence it is that you know that I saw that today of all days. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's in St. Charles too, so it's it's a it's in the mall there. And I, I'm going to tweet a story in the Kane County Chronicle where they have a little video. I haven't watched it, but uh, it it is uh, it shows uh, someone's face on a, a Christmas ornament. Okay. And so it, it'll so if you're curious to know what what's available just locally, that 
good place to start is their website in this little article. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. Now, this next thing we've got on the list, and I'm just going to buzz through this really quick because this could go on and on. Uh, but there are different kinds of 3D printers, and Bob, you hinted at, hinted at it before when you were talking about how this is actually had been around a while. There's a lot. There's I saw a list of 10 plus different types of 3D printers out of there. Out there, uh, one there's a machine that does something called SLA, which is stereolithography, which is an older way of doing it, where there's like a vat of this liquid material, and a laser actually traces out an object layer by layer. And then there's selective sintering with the, that's more laser stuff where it's like etching it out of powder there's one where it's like laminated objects where it's just layering these laminated uh layers they're all basically the same thing the one that's kind of the popular one now is called fused deposition modeling fdm which is actually a trademarked name but that's the process where it's what we think of as 3d printing now and what people are talking about when they're talking about 3d printing where it's layering it up just like with these inkjets, or well, not an inkjet, but like like an inkjet where it's layering it, and but that's that's all these different printers that we're hearing about, like the MakerBots, another company, big company out there, is Stratasys. They make uh, 3D printers, and so I just want to buzz through those. There's there are different types of 3D printers out there, but there's the one type that's becoming the uh, the popular one. It's actually, um, and also um, it has some. Uh, it's used a little bit in the. Uh, the in the medical field too, because they can take, you know, CAT scans, uh, you know, of your, you know, your bones or your, your head. And if they wanted, if a doctor wanted a physical model to have ahead of time, you know, they can do that. They can take those CAT scan images and they can create, uh, this model on the computer with them and then print them out if they wanted to, which I always thought was, that was probably, you would think would be a pretty big market. There's, there's probably companies that specialize that in that. That's pretty amazing uh, mm-hmm. applications. Yeah, right. Or like maybe dentistry or whatever, just getting being able to produce the real, the real thing before starting. Right, sure. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I think we're just going to see more and more of it uh, as, as the years go on. So it's, hopefully someday it'll be, uh, you know, as cheap as a desktop printer and we'll all right. have one. So, well, well, and that's, that brings up what would you use it for, I guess. What do you think? If you had one, what would you what would you use it for, Clayton? Christmas ornaments mainly. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I guess I, I don't know. I mean, I think people when computers first came out, they weren't entirely sure what they would use it for. Um, but the sort of the imagination sort of takes over, and all of a sudden there's viable, real real life applications that are going to save you time and money. And I think that's where this is headed. You know what I mean? Where maybe we don't know off the offset, we just know that it's kind of a game changer. I think there's going to be like simple household uh, applications. You know, you think about you know uh, you you own something that breaks and, and it's uh, or you lose a part. Uh, you know, a button on a shirt, anything that simple. You could just print out your own button if you lose. You know, oh, yeah. kind of an odd example, but yeah, you could. You know, that's how. Things- that's true, and you know, that's kind of you know one of the problems with with. 3D printing is you do, as at least kind of right now, you kind of do have to have a skill in 3D modeling. You need to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people do know how to do that. But, and this is growing, um, out there on the web, there are databases full of 3D models that people have gone ahead and already designed for you. So it's as simple as going to those sites. You might have to pay like some small fee 
uh, but there's a lot of free ones too. But then once you have, you download the model and you pop it in your printer. So exactly like you're, you just said, Bob, like say you, maybe you got a, a Dyson vacuum or something in your, uh, the attachment, the couch attachment broke and you need another one. So instead of sending for it, they just send you the model and you print it out. Yeah, that could be a new way of uh, uh, a new distribution system. A new way to get parts to people is, yeah, rather than send it to them, the physical you you would print it out yourself. That that's probably where we are going with this. uh, Sure. Well, I love the uh, theoretical idea that in the future they'll be able to print out like body parts, like your liver. Oh, right. They're working on it. They're working on that. Yep. (laughs) So. That gives yep. you an idea, and I loved earlier when you said, "Oh, we had two of them when we were at, you know, at U of I, and, um, you know, the, and that's like back in the '60s when they had one computer, you know, and you had to schedule time to program on it or whatever, <laughs> and, and it was it took up you th- took up two what, rooms. How old do you think I am? Back in the '60s? Well, no, what? but no, like that, the same idea with computers. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. When there was one computer on campus. Right. And, and oh, it, yeah, it was the sure. size of a, a you know three offices or whatever. <laughs> you know that's kind of how I'm visualizing the future, looking back, going, my dad talks about them only having two of these, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Does that make sense? You know yep, what I mean? It does. We're we're in a, a wonderful era of technology where our minds get blown regularly, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was a good hinting on the medical thing because, yeah, these things, they are working on actually using, like, stem cells to print out human tissue and maybe someday organs. Mm-hmm. But um, there's other uses, too, like uh, art design. You know, artists can pretty much come up with anything they want, print it out. Uh, or I'm just going through our list here. Uh, archi- architectural design, maybe, like, a landscape design. They can actually make models of tools. structures and right. tools, yeah, for sure. And then you mentioned prototyping, but I would say even production. You, some of these printers that have good resolution, uh, they can print stuff out that is production grade. And for a company like that's doing smaller quantities, because you know injection molded plastic, something that's been around for quite a long time now. But in order to use that type of technology or manufacturing, uh, you have to make a lot. I mean, tens and thousands of parts. To, to be able to cover the cost because it costs so much to make the to make the stuff that actually makes the p- plastic parts. So the entry to get into that sort of a technology is is very expensive. But this this makes it a lot easier for a small company to do small runs of plastic items and and actually be able to produce something that's you know a, a production grade piece of plastic or whatever so i think that's really cool well, that that brings up an interesting point something that i i'd like to a little know a little bit more about is the uh, injection molding you said that um the, the machines themselves have to be produced to make that particular part is that what you the, said? the well the the cavities so the the tooling that goes into the machine has to be made for whatever the part it is so say you're going to produce uh, some toy uh, a figurine or something, and you, you you'd make this object, and then you'd have to cast tooling, so the the plastic gets injected into this tooling, and then it it cools quickly, and then it opens. There's usually uh, two parts to it uh, that come together. They close together. Something squirts in the plastic. It opens, and the part falls out. And the actual uh, physical metal object that uh, what would be the the female version of whatever. It is you're trying to make. That's actually pretty, usually pretty expensive. Okay. And that's the expensive part. I mean, you you could be talking about 
because I've looked into this before, like a part, the tooling just to make the part could be anywhere like 20 grand. I mean, lots of money. And for some small company, that's that can be a hard cost to get over. Whereas with a 3D printer, you just print it right out. Oh, wow. So, so that's interesting. And you do run into the issue of, uh, how, you know, it does take a while. Mm-hmm. You know, so But if you double them up or triple them up and print a bunch out at one time, well, it's not so bad. But and I, it's cool. And I think they're, uh, they're they're getting bigger too, right? So because you, you for a long time you were limited to, the, to very small parts, um, and I think the the size is is increasing over the last couple of years of what you can actually produce. I remember when I looked in at it a few years ago, it was like a twelve by twelve plate, which was that was all the working room you had. And I think now they're they're at least a, a few feet. Have you seen any uh, of the bigger ones? Anybody? I haven't, although I've heard in magazines that Boeing has something big enough where they were actually able to print out a small plane. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. No, that's, that's, wow. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. All right. Well, I don't know if it was one you could get on, was it? <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe it's like some kind of drone or something. I don't know. Right. right. A, a model potentially, but yeah. Right. Yeah, we just buzzed through that. Oh, yeah. We know we just covered that. We all need to get one. I'm still trying to convince uh, Amanda uh, that I need to get a MakerBot, but um, fortunately, I don't really have a couple thousand dollars laying around where I can just go buy one of those. So yeah, not many people I, do. So I hope it does I come down. Ch- right. I saw the cheapest ones out there now are like 500 bucks. Are they really? Is that the kind where like you make your own? They send you the parts and I you think have to so. build it. That's what yeah, well, still that's still awesome. That's what the one kid that I, I knew that was looking to make the small parts for his uh, like, uh, like the e cigs. I, I think that's what he was looking at, like four hundred fifty bucks or something like that. So Great. I wonder. Awesome. Well, you know, so even with, uh, I'd be interested to find out what uh, like the MakerBot. You know, two thousand dollars. That's you know that's an entry point that at least it's doable for some people. I mean, not necessarily for me. A small company. Yeah, or a small yeah. keep. But the the materials, the actual stuff that they use, I wonder how expensive that is because it could be like, um, you know, I have a desktop printer here that costs 150 bucks, but the cartridge is 50 dollars every time I need to go get new ink. So yeah. I wonder if it's the same concept for the the. I would say it's more so even, where it's like 60 bucks. You know what I mean? Where it it could be more. Right. But. I've seen some mixed things on like message boards where I've seen some people comment on that where they did say. Yeah, uh, they get you. You know, the materials are pretty expensive. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't have anything to back it up. Just going by blogs. It's a, that's <laughs> an old. That's an old business philosophy, though. Like the Gillette team. You know, they'll they'll give you the razor or you know to, to sell you the blades. You know right. what I mean? Or however you yeah. want to put it that way. I mean, they'll give those away just so they can make their money down the road. Right. But I can picture the problems too. You know, like inkjet printers long have been. Uh, the bane of so many people because they dry out and they're expensive and uh, you know I wonder how these are for quality and you know you gotta shake it or something to make it work <laughs> right or or the ink runs or <laughs> I don't know where I work when you know, I, I I deal with a lot of uh, industrial uh, not quite industrial but you know larger grade uh, printing uh, machines um, and we have to have maintenance contracts on them because you know it's not you know something goes down. It's not like a desktop printer where you can replace it. These machines, they cost a lot of money, so you have to hire somebody on a per-year contract to just to maintain them. If it breaks, I, I think there's similar arrangements with these machines. I think, yeah. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, there is. No, there is. They, they do cover uh, 
service. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, but they, the one good thing though about these printers is they are making them in a way that is more serviceable, even by just the people who are using them. Like before, with the older machines, the big ones that were tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, they did. It's just like you're talking about where they have people have to come and fix them. But now they're a little more modular, and they have cartridges just like an inkjet, where like the materials are are actually just pop them in, pop them out. Okay. And and same with like the tips, like the things that actually do the injecting, they're all interchangeable. So they they've made it more, uh, I guess, user friendly, mm-hmm. even for maintenance. Okay, well, that's good because I think that's that's, that's important. Right. Well, well absolutely. That's a lot of good jobs out there for someone who's looking to get into something where there's a a new technology where I, I can imagine will be high demand. That would be an area you can if you if you're capable of working on high tech equipment and good with your hands, detailed work, it'd be good good field too, and it'd be interesting. But I never, I guess I didn't, you know, I brought that question up. What happens if it jams up? But the service contract thing is makes a lot of sense because, you know, same thing with my work where it's, you have this piece of equipment when there's, there's one company that'll come and service it, you know, like the next day if it breaks down typically, you know, where they're right there because they need to be. So those, and those contracts are now, you know, they can, they can get to be pretty pricey on those. I'm sure the Clayton, that machine you're talking about, it gets those, Thousands of dollars in some cases for a oh, yeah. war. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, the, I mean, this is a lab, science lab, so we're looking at like a XRF, uh, X-ray fluorescence for chemistries and stuff like that, where you're looking at like a half million dollar piece of equipment. You know, the service contract, if it's four grand a year, is nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Oh. That's <clears throat> that, and I could picture just the manufacturers trying to come up and train and get people in that actually know what they're doing. That's got to be tough on them too. Right. Well, I, yeah. what, what, I think we go ahead. What's that? I was going to say, what did we not cover on there? I, I was just going to say the same thing. No, uh, we did. We knocked that one out. We knocked it out of the ballpark. I think it. we did good. Yeah, I actually we sound that. like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> you guys do at least. <laughs> well, I, I've been following this technology for a little while, but I actually, uh, uh, I'm excited by the, the prospect of. It getting down a little bit, you know, cheaper so we can all get one because we're they're getting there. I mean, I can't do yeah. two thousand dollars, that's for sure, but maybe a couple hundred bucks, I can, you know, I'll wait till that point. Yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> all right. And until then, I'm gonna probably, uh, well, my I'm getting one through work, so I'll report on that. Nice. <laughs> I'll have a follow up report on that once I start playing with it. All right. Well, guys, well, I, I think I'm at. Uh, uh, I don't know. if... Do we go to break now? Cause I was going to say that I, I have to be, uh, leaving you. So, um, but I, I, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're more than welcome, uh, to stay for our tweets of the week. But, uh, yeah, we, we understand. Okay. So no, that's, we're going to go to break here. Uh, Bob, thanks so much. Uh, everybody, uh, Bob, you're on Twitter. Do you want to give out, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything else you want to say or? Uh, I, I don't have anything to plug. Um, I am starring in a movie coming out in a couple of weeks. No, I know that's that's not me. Um, no, I don't. But I appreciate the uh, the offer. Um, I am on uh, Twitter. You can call uh, R L Spellich if you if you want to uh, follow me, or um, uh, and I'll start following you. So I, I like Twitter in that re- uh, regard. How we can all kind of uh, get together and, and see what's going on in, in the world. It's pretty neat. Right? Yeah, so. for sure. Well, th- yeah. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, uh, kind of last minute too. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. See you, Bob.
right. We'll be back quickly here with our uh, to finish out the show with our usual segment. Be right back. <laughs> returned we thank bob again for coming on the show that was a lot of fun that was awesome yeah talking 3d printers and uh yeah so uh hopefully we'll all be able to get one of those pretty soon mm-hmm. but uh before we finish out the show with our usual section we have one more quick word on today's sponsor the Kramarsic law office in utica illinois you know at the beginning of the show we were talking about this and Clayton mentioned that you know, we know Doug, we've uh, attorney Doug, uh, we, we went to high school with him, and we can both definitely vouch for him. is a class act, very smart guy, and definitely somebody you can trust and somebody you, you want to have on your side. So if you need legal help, this is, I know, the first person that I'm going to call, that's for sure. Not like I need any help, I hope, <laughs> anytime soon, but uh, he's definitely going to be the guy I would call if I need it. Uh, they can... His law office does all sorts of stuff, like you mentioned before, DUI, traffic law, criminal defense, traffic accident compensation, driver's license reinstatement, sealing and expungement, all sorts of stuff. What else we got here? We've got we've got a whole bunch of stuff. We're, we're, we're kind of screwing this up. Sorry, Doug, if you're listening at home. <laughs> we're not doing a very good job this week. We apologize. But, no, we – again um, – you know, Doug's won all sorts of awards when he was in, with with school, and then when he was a. Um, sorry, I'm losing my track I, here. I know uh, he was a, going with this. Yeah, he LaSalle a, he County. He was a prosecutor for the. He county. was a yes, LaSalle County Assistant State Attorney prosecuting criminal cases. So he's well versed in all this right. stuff. He was and, the, um, the lead DUI traffic prose- prosecutor for LaSalle County. So. If you can get him, if you if you're unfortunately you run into a situation where you actually do get a DUI, having him on your side because he's worked from both sides of the table, he can really help you there. Bingo, bingo, yeah. bingo. Yep. Yeah. So KramarsicLaw.com uh, is the place to go. Eight one five six six seven seventy one hundred. Find him. He's on Facebook. He's on Twitter too. And. If you let him know you heard about us here, he'll give you a free initial consultation. So let him know you heard about him on Ivy Pod, although he really gives that to everybody. But that's okay. But it, absolutely, pretend. even if you didn't hear, yeah, tell him, tell him about us. Yeah. Money so well again, we thank Doug for his support of the Ivy Alternative Podcast. All right, let's uh, let's finish the show off. I think we're going longer than. We're supposed to be, but uh, oh well. Yeah, well let's 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 plow ahead. Uh, we got um, our typical stuff, man. We got the apps of the week, the tweets of the week, and whatever podcasts we've been listening to. Let's kick it off with the apps of the week. I think we each had one kind of coming into this one, didn't we? That's uh, it. Yep. What was yours? 
Mine is called Swarkit. W or S W O R K I T. It's about I think it's 99 cents. It's on iPhones and Android phones. This is an exercising app, personal trainer app. Uh, very simple in the way it's laid out. Uh, and it's going to give you, if, if you're looking to do some things to get yourself into shape, it's kind of a fun app because you don't really need any special tools to do any of these things. It's, it's, to me, I tried it out and uh, I wish I used it more, but, uh, I haven't really used it in a while. But when I was using it, it was pretty cool because you, you, you just set it down and it tells you things to do and then it gives you, uh, about 30 seconds to do it. So like it'll say, okay, start doing push-ups. You gotta do push-ups for 30 seconds. Well, when 30 seconds is done, uh, it's, it switches to, okay, now do leg lunges and do that 30 seconds. And it just keeps going and you can program into it how long of a little workout you wanna do, whether it be 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And it gives you breaks in between there. But just, it's something to do. It's kinda cool because you know, we've all done these kind of exercises in gym class or whatever, but, uh, uh, we forget what's, what, what you can do, simple exercises that are out there to do to get in shape. And it's just kind of a cool app for, for that, just to get you in shape. So swork it. Me. Swork it. It's weird to say that word, but swork it. Swork it. Swork it. Uh, I had one app, but it's actually a game I, I, uh, downloaded. I got a gift card, or like a iTunes card, so I started buying a few games and apps and stuff. And this was a sniper app called Clear Vision. There's Clear Vision 2. That's the one that I downloaded and played. It's kind of a, almost kind of like a role playing game, but pretty, really simple graphics. And you, you're a sniper and you kind of have to play distance and wind. So you, you know, you get the scope out and you have to sort of, you know, put it up and to the left, if depending on how the wind is going and whether or not how far away you are. And, um, cool. I'm gonna check that out. It's it was pretty fun. It's quick. It doesn't take you very long to kind of plow through it, but I, I thought it was really enjoyable when I was playing it. it was, it's a really fun ga- game, and I, you know, and I'm not even sure if it's on Android or not. I I just know that I got it for the iPhone. So, okay, um, my guess is it seemed fairly popular. So. I'm sure there's people out there that that would know if it's on Android or not, but Clear Vision is the name of it. So, good stuff. Nice. All right. Well, that's our apps. It's plowing ahead to the podcasts. I've got to travel a lot this past week or so, so I got to listen to a lot of podcasts in a short amount of time. So that was fun. I always like when that happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, of the ones that I listened to, a couple notable ones that I enjoyed. Uh, Words from Nerds, uh, those guys, it's a tech show, of course. They talk about uh, anything techy and apps and different stuff like that. And they had a pretty good one, their recent one from last week. That would be March, the week of March 12th or whatever. Uh, they had some stuff about Facebook and about how there's just based on what you like and, and what you'll, just what you like, just that alone, uh, they can pinpoint what you're going to, if you're, your political orientation, whether you're a guy or a girl, whether you're just all sorts of things they can figure out about you in detail just based on what you've liked. Um, so it was kind of creepy in a way, but uh, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how Stuff Works on the Papacy or Papacy or whatever uh, was a good one just because of the timeliness. Of, there was just a new pope came yeah. to... Uh, came into effect our new pope uh, and so this was just explains the process so that was kind of a good timing for that one and then uh last one would be steve carell on the nerdist was good cool it was one of those one-on-one chris hardwick chris hardwick 
just one-on-one with Steve Carell. I do like those personally the best for the Nerdist. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. It yeah, they, pretty good. They're, they get a little giddy sometimes when they have the whole gang. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's two weeks in a row. There are two episodes in a row where you're promoting the Nerdist. Yeah. It sounds like you're a, you're a big fan now. I, I, I'm a fan, too. It's a good good podcast, and I'll have to check that episode with Steve Carell out. Cause that- oh, and, and before you give yours, I forgot. Uh, quick shout-out to the Nerdy Directive. Uh, we have we got some really good shout-outs on their show. Oh. They were talking They were talking about awesome. our show a lot on their show. Awesome. Uh, so uh, thanks to them. Uh, Nick, Nick from uh, the Nerdy D uh, and I might actually – get together and we were trying to come up with a way to do something for people because there's so many people who want to make podcasts mm-hmm. uh but they don't know how so we're trying to figure out a way to get some information out so we're gonna i don't know what we're gonna do yet but uh you should we'll try to buy uh the url like buy the website name uh howtopod.com someone probably already owns it but yeah i like that. that good idea yeah um let's see uh in regards to the more podcasts. I, I haven't been listening as much. Like I said, I'll do my usuals as much as I can during the week. Bill Burr and Corolla and some a skeptic tank with Ari Shafir. And I, you know, I always check out This American Life and, and Radio Lab, of course. But one, a couple that I, that kind of caught my eye, uh, was David Lee Roth kind of did the rounds on the, yeah, he was on Joe Rogan and Adam Corolla. I don't know if he was on any other podcast, but I got, I got, a kick out of hearing his take on things. Uh, obviously, <laughs> David Lee Roth from Van Halen. He's an interesting guy, and uh, it just made for good interviews, you know. So those are worth checking out. And then I've always, I don't know, I know we've probably talked about Shane Smith before. He's Vice.com, uh, Vice TV, Vice News. It's a new show, actually, I believe, coming out on HBO sometime soon. Um, but he's on Joe Rogan. Actually, it came out new today. I didn't even had a chance to listen to it, but the last two times that he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast, they've been really informational, really interesting. Uh, he's a super interesting guy and he does all kinds of crazy stuff, goes, uh, travels the world and, I mean, exposes a lot of things in, in different countries and, uh, stuff that you might, th- you know, maybe have heard whispers or, you know, stuff that you think you've heard about going on, but he'll actually show you like this, this is what happens in this country and it's, Always good, always interesting, and and I recommend visiting either his website vice vice dot com. Yeah, I'm putting it on my phone or my I'm bookmarking it right now because I remember you talking about it once before a long time ago, and I wanted to check it out. Sure, I forgot because I've I've heard a lot of good stuff. Well, about I, that. I mean, if you have an hour, uh, and it, you know you could break it up into like twenty minute little parts because they they he does a video where he goes to North Korea. And it's probably like an hour, and it's basically like a documentary. And he just exposes that country for what it really is. It's just it's it's a shell of a country with people that are starving, and it just does. I mean, it's hard to say without actually going there yourself. But the perception that I get from his video and, and the work that he did, it's it's incredible. Some of the stuff that he showed. And I mean, they, you know, they took him in as a tourist, you know, more or less, to, or I, I don't know how much he, uh, journalism, if they thought he was a journalist or what, but uh, definitely worth like checking out his videos. Uh, there's some of them are like super interesting. One of them was they go to Chernobyl and they start hunting for um, the beasts of Chernobyl where they have like, uh, with, like bears and stuff that have been affected by the radiation and oh, they wow. have developed, uh, 
defects, I guess, but it's actually kind of part of their their being now, you know, part of the DNA in them. It's not so oh, wow. much now that it's a... Uh, so what are they, like, scary looking? Or are they ag- overly aggressive? Or are they... I, it, it was... Are that, they gimpy? They're, no, they're not gimpy. They're... I don't... I, you know, they didn't really show... I, I they, they Conceptually, they talked about, like, the different kinds of animals and how they were affected, but it was more or less just showing the old, like, communities in the 80s that surrounded the nuclear plant there and then like them up in a on like a watchtower with automatic weapons shooting huh. <laughs> so it wasn't it didn't really show anything like in like the wolves or anything like that but <clears throat> the idea of it was cool there it, yeah. was, it, 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 it was it was another it was just kind of like the north korea one where it was just very eerie and, and, it, and you just can't even imagine being there yourself uh it, or if he did, it's just cre- it's creepy. So <clears throat> definitely recommend anything that he does. He's he's a Canadian guy, and he's just it, he just is not scared of anything, and that's what I think is so intriguing about all the work that he does. There, you don't nice. get a sense of fear with him. Uh, maybe yeah. worry, and maybe a little anxiety, but never like outward fear. I don't know. I say we move on to the tweets of the week. All right, let's do it. You, you found this one, so you can take it away. Oh, uh, this one is from OSF St. Elizabeth, uh, at OSF St. Elizabeth. Are these the, did we do that? Wait, real quick, did we? Am I reading the wrong doc? Is this, I thought we did one of these last week. We might have did this one last week. Did we? Two weeks Something's ago. Right. The wired one looks really familiar. That one's from, that's not from that long ago, is it? Is it? I don't know. Oh, we're oh, we're sorry, guys. We're we're spacing out. On well, go for it. If 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 we if we're repeating ourselves, oh well. Sorry. Yeah, well, only our nobody's listening to this anyway. Who cares? National Sleep Awareness Week. Who's catching up on some much needed Z's this weekend? Who is that from? That was from OSF St. Elizabeth, so uh, Ottawa St. Francis. Okay. Uh, the hospital here in Ottawa, which I, I like. I like anything sleep related. There's no way this George Lucas one is from. This one was uh, March seventh. This story came out. So okay, I'm sorry. I sc- don't listen to me. I won't. <laughs> you can you can read the Wired one then. All right, at Wired, uh, George Lucas reveals he signed Hamill, Ford, Fisher for Star Wars Episode Seven. What are your thoughts oh, yeah. on this? Are you- uh, well, I can tell you right now, as we sit here recording, I am wearing a Star Wars T-shirt, so I can tell you I'm ecstatic. You don't think they're going to ruin it, do you? No, I think I, you know, well, they could, but if they do it the right way, it could be awesome, you know? I think if they uh, don't try to hide the fact that it's been 30 years since they've record, you know, filmed, and they play that into the show, I think it could be awesome. I hope so. Yeah, okay. I'm glad yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Neat. I'll read your next one. This is from Chris Hadfield, uh, at uh, Commander, uh, C-M-D-R underscore Hadfield, H-A-D-F-I-E-L-D. The space station runs on universal coordinated time, a.k.a. Greenwich, with 16 sunrises per day. We didn't switch to daylight savings. Happy face. So you want to comment on that? Uh, This guy is amazing. That's all I can say. He's an astronaut then? He is current the commander of the International okay. Space Station, and he tweets daily, like hourly. He's constantly tweeting. He's tweeting pictures of Earth. He's tweeting just random stuff. 
He today tweeted a picture of himself in his uh, in his um, St. Patrick's Day attire uh, in the space station. I mean, this guy is amazing. He's got there's some stuff on the web, just quotes of his that are really good, inspirational stuff about just following your dreams and stuff like that. This guy is just incredible. And he's if Canadian, you're a Twitter, huh? he's a Canadian, yeah, yeah, he's oh, definitely neat. Yeah. But yeah, if you have any interest in space and uh, you like Twitter, oh, this guy is definitely somebody to follow. Yeah, he's awesome. I'll keep that one in mind, man. Cool. Yeah. Uh, next one was this is a frog pants guy uh, at Mr. Scott at Mr. Scott Fletcher. Uh, he's a voice man. Uh, why do so many craft beers taste like a Christmas tree or a gym sock that cat peed on? Stop trying so damn hard to be special. I just thought that was funny because there are a lot of crap uh, microbrews out there. I think you and I both taste, try a, a lot of them, mm-hmm. and I can say, yeah, there are some out there who I would agree they're trying a little too hard to be different. I'll agree with that as well. I, you know, that, that's funny though that that some people get really turned off. There are certain beers that I think a lot of people, no matter, it could be the greatest pale ale there is, right? Some mm-hmm. people aren't going to like it. True. Like we love Moon Man, but I could see you know somebody not liking it. Right. To each their own. Mm-hmm. Right. I they don't know what they're talking about, but whatever. Right. Moon Man's not too overpowering though. But you know, some people whine about like Heineken being pissy or whatever it's like well you don't True. like pale ale so that'd be like well this chocolate's sweet i don't like <laughs> sweet it'd be yeah. like well you don't like chocolate obviously you know <laughs> that makes sense right i'm not yeah too out of yeah way. i'm with you um, um i don't know just my take on that i have a i'm opinionated when it comes to beer I got one more. I think this will this will be the end of our tweets, right? We got the rest of them. Uh, this one was really interesting. It was I read it. It was tweeted uh, tweeted from uh, oh I can't think of his name. It, it's from at AEI, which is uh, let me see what what is it? The American. Oh, it, it's a it's a more of a right wing sort of uh, group. Man, AEI dot org. I don't even know what it means. AEI. Oh, I wish we could backtrack on this because I'm space. I don't know what I, I'm not even sure what it is, but I, I read the article and it made a lot of sense. What the tweet is: a better way for young families to build a future: Social Security taxes versus uh, down payments. And what this article said: there's a link to a really uh, interesting article where, when you're, if you're a young man, woman, uh, couple, whatever, and you're coming out of high school or college, say you're 22, 23, 24 years old. If you, if the government gives you the option of instead of paying into Social Security, uh, which I think is works out to be 10 to 14 percent of your income, the, the government will allow you to put that money into a savings account, uh, where you will have the option in the future to use that towards buying a, a house and that money will be used as a down payment. And, and then the way your social security would work, you just don't get the same vested, vested interest in it later on down the road. Like, so if you retire a little bit earlier, you only get what you paid in later. You wouldn't get the full amount that is if you started paying in when you first or, uh, first entered the workforce at the age of 22 or 23. Um, oh, wow. for, and if you're a, if you're a career oriented person, oftentimes you're not going to be relying solely on social security anyway. And that maybe five or six years where you were saving to put a down payment on a house 
and and putting off putting into your Social Security, it's not going to hurt you too bad by the time you're 65 or 70 years old and ready to retire. But you will have $25,000 to put down on a house. And that $25,000, the, the reason this is beneficial is because oftentimes, and maybe not the last couple of years has been the best example, so five or six years, but that house is going to accumulate wealth and you will get the money out of that house anyway. You know, So it, maybe you eventually stay in that home and you end up owning it 100% and you sell it later. You will get the value out of that money the same way if you were collecting your Social Security but, and actually probably more so. Yeah, right. Um, does that does that make sense? Like, can it actually really because it's it's set up to in a way where it's not like you're going to end up having to pay more later for people. It's it's set up in a way where it really puts people in a position financially, especially to purchase a home and do it in a way that's going to cost them less money in the long run, and and it and it and it doesn't screw them later either because they're going to be able to sell that home if they need to, and they're going to be able to get that equity back out. So and, and it says that it's twelve point four percent of your salary goes to Social Security, plus six point two percent that's paid by your paid by your employer on your behalf. So it's it's really interesting. So I mean, you might save forty grand if you're if you over like an eight year period if if you put that kind of money into a into an account for a down payment on a house. Does that make sense, John? I mean, political. I, I don't know. I, I just, I can. No, I think so. I think so. I'm uh, slightly confused, but then again, all that stuff kind of confuses me. So. Right. Well, so the government takes 12.4 percent of your salary and puts it into it a social security. Yeah. Okay. And instead of them doing that, instead of it going to social security, it, it will go into uh, to a savings account. Or to an account to where it will be held in the event that if you want to buy a house, you will be, be able to use that money as a down payment. <clears throat> and, and what ends up happening is if you don't end up buying a house, it'll just go into Social Security like it normally would have, and you'll reach – when you're ready to retire, retire, you'll get the full amount that you should get. And, and then if you do, do end up buying a house, it just – you maybe won't get as much every month when you retire from Social Security. Because so I guess it's kind of like yeah. pinning. It's kind of like taking a chance. Okay, do I think Social Security is going to be there for me in the future? And if not, okay, so you're going with this as an alternative? No. Well, um, as soon as you buy the house, you'll start paying into Social Security like you normally had. You okay. Normally right. would. And if you if say you start putting it aside to buy a house, but then don't, then that money automatically goes to Social Security, and then when you're ready to retire. You will get your full amount that you would have, if, you know, like you had been paying in your whole life, like we do now. Do you know what I mean? So it, yeah, it's yeah. Really, I guess the only thing, the only bad thing would be, I guess, if the uh, there was another housing crazy bubble like there was years ago, and you know, all of a sudden houses were just ridiculously expensive, and that well, that the, down payment isn't as valuable, maybe. Right. Well, the beauty but, of this is that. A lot of the reason those people got burned is because they weren't really even putting any money down. No, that's true. Yeah. You know, and if you're yeah. if you're putting twenty five or or you say you're putting forty or fifty thousand dollars down, that equity you no one can take that away from you. You own that. So even if the house goes from worth being worth two hundred and seventy five grand to to one hundred and seventy five grand, and you put fifty thousand dollars down, you still own fifty thousand dollars worth of that property. And you yeah. still might be underwater, but at least you have that equity. 
True. So and you can use that, right? No, I got gotcha. you. We know that's cool. We don't typically get too political on the show, but I read that and I, it really made a lot of sense for young people like us where our dollar isn't going as far as it did six or seven years ago. And it's really hard to save that kind of money to get, you know, a, a conventional loan. I mean, you don't necessarily need 20% these days anyway, but I love the idea that it's, it's a out of, out of sight, out of mind kind of way of saving for a home where it'll benefit you now and later because you're going to get your equity quicker. You're going to be able to pay off your home sooner. And, and it's, it's just, and plus like you you brought up the concept, like maybe social security won't be there. So you might as well get it if you have the option to not pay into it and it gives you an immediate benefit. I think it could be right. fit. I feel like we ran a little long on that idea, but I, I, oh, that's okay. I wanted to make sure that I got the point across about what <laughs> theoretically how it would work, but who knows if that's, it's if it not- could ever work that way, but I like the idea of it. So. And with that, that's a show. That's an episode. That's it. All right. What is yeah. this episode 44? Four. Wow. Cool. Yeah. It's climbing up there. Have to have a big party for episode fifty. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, www.ivypod.com. At Ivy Podcast is Twitter handle. Ivy Pod on Facebook and mail at ivypod.com is our email. Uh, you have any other closing thoughts, Clayton? Before no, we I don't. I tail it out of here. I, nope. I just placed my order for a three D printer though. <laughs> I don't care what it costs. I'm getting me one. I don't know what I'm going to use it for yet. No. <laughs> no, Make no. a gun. Yeah. Print that, out a gun. We didn't even talk about that. No, we didn't. The one thing we sort of skipped over. Yeah, we'll save that for another time. I like it. All right. Yeah. Good episode. All right. Yeah, good stuff. I guess that's it. So I, we'll see you later. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.